This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Essence Carson of the Phoenix Mercury. Essence, how's it going? It's going great. How's it going for you? Good, good. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, anytime, man. So, I know your season starts soon, very soon. So, uh, let's go back into a little uh, time machine. So, you graduate uh, high school, and then what, what was your recruiting process like going into college process? Um, recruiting was a whirlwind, you know, just receiving a letter from pretty much every university in the country that was, you know, leading in basketball. Mm-hmm. So, that was definitely a whirlwind. It was, uh, sometimes it would become overwhelming. I used to have, you know, the, what's that, glad trash bags, the industrial ones. <laughs> I used to yeah. have the bags of those just filled up with, with letters. <laughs> so you can just imagine how many letters came in. Gotcha. Yeah. So what about, what was like your first offer you got? You oh, I can't even remember the first <laughs> offer, honestly. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was, so many came at one time. So ultimately, what, what made you pick Rutgers? Well, you know, they had a good music program there. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had a good psychology program, both of which I studied there. And the team, you know, it was a family-oriented team and they had a Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it only made sense. And it was in New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really looking to stay close to home, but, you know, it definitely ended up being beneficial. But more importantly, like I said, it was the academic side of things and the fact that the team was so family-oriented and the leader that they had, which was Coach Vivian Stringer. Yeah, definitely. What was your overall experience like at Rutgers? Oh, I had a great experience there, man. Of course, it was tough because Coach Stringer is just one of those hard-nosed coaches. Mm-hmm. But it definitely made me a better woman off the floor and a better player. You know, hence that's why I've been able to stick around the game in the WNBA for so long, just because all of the knowledge that she passed along. We had an amazing time. We had some amazing seasons there, all which were winning seasons. And we made, you know, some impact, not only on the basketball court, but also socially. Gotcha. Now, was there a point in Rutgers where you're like, I want to go to the WNBA? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't, you know, I tried not to make that my focus. Mm-hmm. You know, my focus every day was just to go out there and compete and, and win every game um, on a collegiate level. And then I was also, you know, just just having, being part of the, like, the music program and, and, and those psychology classes, you know, I really just had to stay focused on making sure, you know, I was on top of those tasks as well. So, you know, my time definitely was limited, <laughs> whether it yeah. was thinking, you know, just even time for just thinking about other things. But once I became a senior, you know, it definitely started to become a little clearer. The picture became a little clearer, you know, finished up with classes, you know, collegiate basketball career was coming to an end. And then and at that point, it was just like, oh, okay, WBA is an, is an option, you know, it seems like it can actually happen. So then, you know, I really started, you know, thinking about that part for myself because before that, we, we would just watch the girls in the league and especially those that came from Rutgers in the league. Two of them had already won championships. So I'm like, okay, well, that could be a possibility for me too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you got drafted seventh overall to the New York Liberty. So what was your draft day experience like? Oh, draft day was cool, man. It, it was cool. Um, it was surreal. Yeah. Something, you know, at, at certain points, it didn't seem like it was actually happening. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting there, sitting there, waiting for your name to be called. And then, you know, all of a sudden your name is called and then it hits you like, wow, I'm a professional basketball player now. And, you know, on top of that, it was, you know, 
home. So I got to stay on the East Coast. My family still was able to, you know, support me and be there and come to the games. And so that was a big thing, too. So it, all around, it was just a great experience. It was a great day. And, you know, at that, that moment, life changed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, as uh, many people know, you guys go overseas in the quote-unquote off-season. So what's that experience been like? What, <laughs> what, what was it like like going over there for like the first time? Well, you know, for me, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't my first time overseas just okay. because I was able to play with the USA basketball team yeah. for like four years prior to that. But actually be there for a long extended period of time when we're talking months upon months, mm-hmm. you know, it was difficult at first for like the first week. You know, you just go through the whole homesickness part. But then, you know, you just got to buy into it. You got to buy into the culture, man. You just got to live. If not, you're going to be miserable every day. So you start to embrace everything that's there, you know, embrace the people that's there, the culture, the resources that they have. And then you look at it like, man, I get to travel the world. You know, if I wasn't playing basketball, you start to think, if I wasn't playing basketball, would I be able to have this opportunity? And then at that point, you're like, you know, just take it all in and take it as it is and continue to push forward because this game of basketball has opened many doors and presented many opportunities. And this is one of them. And you never would know where you can go from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's been your favorite country so far? Favorite country is by Spain. Yeah. You know, growing up on the East Coast and Jersey and New York and stuff, you know, we had a lot of Latin influence. And, yeah. um, and no, Spain isn't Latin America, but it, it's heavily influenced. You know, Latin America is heavily influenced from Spain, you know, just when you, historically. So it felt familiar. The people there were very welcoming and warm. The weather was great. The food was amazing. There was nothing to complain about there. So definitely one of my favorite countries overall. Yeah, it sounds pretty pretty good right there. (laughs) Yeah, man. Good food, good weather. I mean, (laughs) what else do you want? (laughs) Pretty much. Now, fast forward to 2016, you're on the L.A. Sparks and you win your first WNBA championship. So what was that like? Man, that was crazy. You know, and the way that <laughs> the way that the series came to an end was was crazy. You know, with that shot, with 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 the clock running down, and it was uh, an away game at that. So you get to win the championship on someone else's floor. So yeah. that right there in itself is just a story. You know, but it being my first uh, WBA championship, you know, nothing's gonna be able to replace that. That's a memory that's etched in stone, and you know, um, there really aren't enough words to even express or explain what feeling you get when you achieve that right for Mm -hmm. the first time ever but what i can say is that we lived that moment again a thousand times over it was a great year all around we pushed the envelope from start to finish when we started out what 21 and 0 or something like that or 20 and 0 so it was just an amazing year all around and then to top it off with that made it even better and it just helps you grow you know, as a player, once you win a championship, you understand what it takes to win it. <laughs> and it just helps you grow that much faster and exponentially. So moving forward, you know, you can teach others how to get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I saw you, you won a few overseas, too. But what, which one's sweeter, like WNBA or the overseas ones? WNBA for sure just because, you know, you get to do it in front of your family. Yeah. Um, You know, you get to do it on home soil. 
but it doesn't take anything away from from those championships that I won abroad because those championships mean a lot to those people in, in those respective countries as well. That's their WNBA championship, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, for me, championships, you know, that's 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 the ultimate goal. So um, no, it's not the same. Just, just only because you know of location, yeah. and you know just the family aspect, the family and, and close friends aspect of it. But all in all, it's still a championship. Is you're on top, and it feels good to be there, no matter where you are in the world, what country you're in, whoever your teammates are. All that doesn't matter. You know, you know what matters is that you're number one, and um, a true champion loves that feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And going to, uh, like, personal awards, you were All-Star in 2011, and uh, what, what was that like? Oh, it was cool, man. It was a cool little experience just to be recognized for being, you know, one of the best players in the league. You know, there's a lot of great players, and, you know, there's a lot of actually good players, great players that, you know, may not ever make the team for whatever reason. Timing's bad, you know. It was one of those years where it just is a lot of people having a great year. But, you know, that year the numbers fell in my favor. So it felt great to be recognized for that. Um, the whole experience while I was there with Nike, my other teammates, my former teammates, it was just a great experience. My mom had a great time. And, you know, it, it just another one of those moments that you just got to take in and just take it for what it is. And, you know, just, just appreciate the acknowledgement and keep it moving. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, like, off the court, I saw you were in the Make Way commercial and – what, what was that like to get to get that exposure like that? <laughs> oh, man, the commercial was cool, man. Yeah. You know, it was a long shoot all day in, in New York. It was, one, it felt good to fly back home. So it, it was just good to be back in, in that element. Two, um, you know, just shooting commercial, man. They got everyone all dolled up. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, did everyone's makeup, had the clothes on deck. And, you know, just to feel like you're a priority, you know, that they're making the league a priority because they want us to be more visible. That feels good. Even if I wasn't in the commercial, you know, I would be happy for someone else to be in it just because, you know, hey, they're making us a priority. They, they want more eyes on us. And, you know, whatever way they see fit, you know, and, and doing that, you know, I'm supportive of it, you know, as long as it's beneficial to us as the players and as the league. Like I said, it was dope. We got to meet a great group of young girls there. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of their first time actually seeing women professional athletes up close and personal. And, you know, they left there feeling inspired. And that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on this platform. Yeah, you want to win games and all that, make money. But you also want to inspire the generation that comes after you, you know. And now, you know, it's not saying that they're going to aspire to be professional basketball players. But they're going to aspire to be something great, you know, no matter what opportunity is presented or not presented. They'll make an opportunity for themselves and they can see that it's able to be done by women and not only men. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And how did you like get picked for that? They just reached out to me. Yeah, gotcha. I, I, I don't know. I guess, not, I, <laughs> no, I I guess they were spilling the vibe. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know, man. I guess they were spilling the vibe <laughs> or something like that. But I was lucky enough to be one of the chosen few yeah. for that. And I, honestly, I think they just try to be as diverse as possible, mm-hmm. giving you different looks into, you know, different players. Because, you know, yes, we're all professional basketball players, but at the end of the day, we're still 144 individuals. Yeah. And, you know, of the five people there, not one of us was the same, you yeah. know, whether it was appearance or whether it's off the court life and even on the court, you know, style of play. Each of us 
are different. And I think that's important to see, you know, that it doesn't matter what your background is, what you look like. You know, success comes in different shapes and forms. And it's really good that they were able to exemplify that in this make way commercial. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the the new WNBA logo and the new designs for the jerseys? Man, I like it. I like the logo, man. Yeah. You know, it's something a little different. It's sleek. It's stylish. It looks modern. You know what I'm saying? A little more contemporary yeah. now. And, you know, I'm all about things looking stylish and looking good and being in tune with now. You know, you don't want to be trendy. You want to set the trend. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy that they actually, you know, made a step towards that direction and making that move first. I know we did a rebranding a few, you know, a couple of years ago as well. But I, I really believe that this one is heading in the right direction. I mean, a lot of the women that are part of it, they love it. Getting a lot of great feedback from fans and, you know, from from media. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it seems like we're all heading in the right direction and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. I like the logo. I just think it has to be a reverse. Oh, you, the the other way? Yeah. You oh, so you want a right hand layup? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, what you want, or you want to, or, or you want a reverse layup? Like what you want? No, 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 <laughs> no like right hand. Like I think, it, yeah, because it's to the left. I think it. Maybe. See, I, when I talked to them about the logo, they said yeah. you know they took her outside of the box that she was in because remember she it yeah, was yeah, used yeah, to be yeah. a rectangle around her, right? Yeah. So it's like now she's like free flowing. Yeah. So you can put her anywhere. So if you can put her anywhere, I'm sure you can put her on the other side of the basket and she can make a right-hand layup. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's something that's, that's difficult to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you just got to talk to the right people, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to ask for her permission. Like, yeah. do you like right-hand passes, left-hand passes? What side of the basket do you like better? I'm sure she, I'm sure she'll go to the right side. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know you're on a new team this year, the Phoenix Mercury. Yeah. So, did you know you were going to leave uh, L.A.? Or did you- um, well, I wasn't sure what I was going to do at first. You know, it was free agency. But, you know, when free agency comes around, you like to keep your options open. Yeah. You know, you have to, sometimes you just have to be, you have to welcome change. You have to embrace change. No, we don't like changes. You know, I don't really know anyone that really likes changes, at one, especially when they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And especially when they've already had success with what they're doing and where they are. But, you know, sometimes times change and, and things call for needed changes. And when Phoenix presented the opportunity, uh, you know, I thought it was good timing. They're also a great organization and they had some pretty damn good players here, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I'm about winning. Yeah, Phoenix fell short the year before but that's okay hopefully i can be a part of one of the missing pieces you know to to help put them over the hump but again you know i wouldn't be the only missing piece they you know we brought in a few great rookies um that i think will make a great impact and we have some returners that were out last year due to injury you know they're coming back as well but again man uh, i didn't know i really was gonna make that change until the opportunity presented itself i made the decision really quick but i thought it was a smart decision and you don't have any regrets about the decisions you make. You know, I don't have any regrets about it. I'm here. The organization has been very welcoming. The entire team, the women here, and the entire city as well. So it feels good to be in Phoenix. Definitely. I think I know your answer to this next question, but what's your goal for the season? 
I mean, of course. I mean, I know everybody that you interview is going to say, oh, I want to win the championship. <laughs> to me, it's, that's a given. If you don't want to win the championship, then, you know, I don't know why you're you're even a part of the league. Yeah. You know, of course, I want to win the championship. I want to bring home that trophy. Again, bring home another ring, you know. So I just want to make sure I'm able to contribute in whatever way possible, any shape or form. And, you know, just be a leader. Yeah. Be someone that one of my teammates can look to um, to ask for advice or you know or maybe it's not to ask for advice sometimes people just need you to listen mm-hmm. you know and then it just depends so just to be that leader one of the leaders on the team one of the be that vet and to you know go out there contribute man make it hard for other teams to score make it hard for other teams to defend so just playing both sides of the floor and getting after it being a true competitor that i am and yeah. you know just just being a great teammate yeah, definitely. And I know you're a veteran. So what's it been like, say, like the media wise from like when you entered the league to like today? Oh, man. Media wise? Well, as far as me handling the media, nothing's changed. I'm pretty <laughs> much the same. <laughs> I'm pretty much the same. I had some great media training in college. Yeah. But as far as, you know, now it seems like, the, you know, there's been a, a shift yeah. in media in general. I see more eyes, you know, are now on the league, which is cool. You know, there's a shift in culture. I see that the league is becoming more involved in in what's going on right now, right? So, and that's important because that's what the other top leagues do. You know, they're they're part of what's going on now, what's current, the pop culture. And I see the WNBA making its way into the pop culture. You know, that's one thing about the NBA. They're in tune with the pop culture and they're in tune with what's popular, what's going on now. And, you know, the shift is there. You know, we're becoming more involved in the sneaker culture, you know, um, and many other aspects of pop culture as well. So that media shift right there is very, very important. And, you know, as players, we're welcoming it mm-hmm. with open arms. So, you know, these podcasts, you know, we didn't have those podcasts when I first came in the league. Yeah. We didn't have that. You yeah. know, this is another outlet that we can take advantage of and, and talk and speak our minds and really get that message out there, whatever the message may be. You know, each player is going to have their own message. You know what I mean? So yeah. definitely a great shift, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What advice would you give a young woman trying to make the WNBA? Make it to the WNBA, man. Yeah. You got to practice. <laughs> Stay off Instagram, man. Stay that. Let, let me tell you, staying on, staying on Instagram, thinking that you posting these fifteen second clips of you dribbling a thousand miles per hour at sixteen million cones. That's not gonna help you get to the league. You got to put the hours in the gym. You, you can't shortcut that at all. You know, because at the end of the day, if you try to shortcut it, it's gonna show up later when the lights come on and it's time for you to compete against someone that's been in the gym hours upon hours upon hours, practicing game like situations, practicing with purpose. It's going to show up, and they're going to show out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want that to happen. So, you know, stay off the ground. Stay in the gym. It doesn't matter if lights are on or off. Just make sure you're in there. You got your basketball in hand, and you're just ready to go to work. There's no excuses. You don't have to have a rebounder all the time. You make it happen. And, you know, there's a lot of talent out there right now. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the next generation is going to bring to the game. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're going to make it very, very exciting for, for viewers to watch. Yeah, definitely. I like that uh, that you said get off social media. <laughs> yeah, man, it's cool. Every once in a while, yeah, yeah, like, okay, yeah, we want to go out there. We want to look at memes. You know, <laughs> we want just a couple videos. We want to laugh at. You want to say what up to your fans and post yeah. your mom on Mother's Day, Dad on Father's Day. You know, that's cool. But just being on there just to 
showcase your ball handling skills. Yeah. It's like, is it really realistic if making it to the league is what you want to do? Now, if you're a trainer, that's what you want to do. That makes more sense. That that should be part of, you know, <laughs> your mm-hmm. rollout plan, I guess I should say. But when you're an athlete trying to make it to the next level, become an elite athlete, there's no way you could become an elite athlete if your phone is in your hand the whole time. So if your phone in your hand, that means you're not working on your other hand, right? Your phone is in one hand, and so you can only dribble with one hand. So put the phone down and work on dribbling with both hands, shooting with both hands, passing with both hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't you don't need to be on social media, bro. Yeah. I'm putting out some gems right here. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, putting out gems. They need to be in the gym. For real. Yeah. Gym for gems. For sure, for sure. And I know you're big into music, so how did you get into the music game? Man, music. Music has been around in my life for years. I started, uh, what, I started playing the piano at nine. I think that's a long time ago. I think it was nine. Yeah, piano and saxophone at nine. Went to high school, went to performing arts high school. Then I studied music in college. After that, I decided, you know, wanted to, you know, dive full-fledged into production. Mm -hmm. Did that and songwriting. And then from there, it was just like, okay, well, let's take a spin at the corporate life. And, you know, that's where I am now. And it's amazing, you know, being able to be a part of the, I guess you can say, Universal Music Group, Capital Music Group, Mm -hmm. specifically, family. And being able to learn about the business and also impact the business in a different way. When people think about music, they think about the artistry. They think about production. They don't think about what happens on the back end. They don't think about the administration, all the work that goes into getting these songs out so people can hear them. You know, whether it's just the audio version, whether it's just video so you can see things, or whether it's, you know, putting on shows, you know, being part of the tour marketing group or anything like that. All that stuff is important. You know, it reminds me of a basketball team where each player has a different role and it's important. But at the end of the day, whether you're on the court, whether you're on the sideline, it all makes the ship sail. It all makes the car move, you know? You know, now just being able to work on the administration side and corporate is is amazing. And two, to me, it's still fun because I like to learn. So as long as I'm learning, I'm having fun. As long as I'm learning and making an impact, I'm having even more fun. So I have the best of both worlds right now. Yeah, definitely. Even before when I was asking you about college, you're probably the person that talked the most about school this whole podcast and like in all the 51 podcasts I did so far. Oh, dang. Yeah, I mean, I used to like school. School's cool, man. School, I mean, it just, school's what you make it, you know. Everybody, though, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, school's for everyone. It's not, you know. I am a big believer in education is important, but there's other ways to learn. There's other ways to implement education. And, you know, some people just have different or have difficult time with learning in certain ways. And then when you're part of a mass education system, you know, you're going to have some people that aren't able to catch on the way that the other 250 people in the lecture room can, you know. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that those other 50 people aren't smart or aren't intelligent? No, they just learn differently. Right. Mm -hmm. So and because they learn differently, they might not like school. They might not like sitting in class. However, you know, you just can't just give up and say, "Okay, I'm going to drop out of school when I'm just going to do whatever. No, you you try and you try and you try again. And then when it doesn't work, you try to figure out another avenue or another way to exploit your intelligence. You know, I, I believe everyone has a brain and they can put it to use. They're good at something, you know, so that was just something that I like. 
It's yeah, not definitely. for everybody. Yeah, definitely. You should be a motivational speaker too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Do Do you have any uh, projects coming out with your music? Are you working on it? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I definitely am. I actually I wrote a song the other day, so yeah, I'm still working on music. You know, whenever I'm not in the court. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm probably sitting at a piano or writing or producing, you know, um, something that's not taxing on my body because mm-hmm. you can't do two taxing things, yeah. especially in season. So, uh, you know, music is definitely relaxing for me. Um, it's always been in my life. If I'm not doing basketball and music, it always feels like something's missing, you know, and then I, I feel like I'm unbalanced. So it's very important imperative for me to actually have that balance in order to be successful throughout the season. And even when I'm in the off season and I'm just working, you know, down at Capitol, I still have to train because if I don't train and I just show up at work, I still feel unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. Then I won't perform as well when when I'm working. So, you know, again, that's not for everybody. Some people like to do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. But I believe now we're in a culture, we're in a, you know, a point in society where if you don't do multiple things, then you're stuck behind the eight ball. Because now so many people are self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. You look at you, you. You're doing your own podcast. You know, before mm-hmm. people couldn't do that. They couldn't even fathom how... How, oh my God! I'm gonna do a podcast and put it online myself. Oh, you can do that. Well, also I know how to. I gotta know how to set up a microphone. I gotta know how to record things. Like before, it took five different people to get one job done. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like people are thirsting for knowledge, and so they're like, "Okay, I'm gonna be self sufficient. If I can't pay for somebody else to do this." for me, then I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to learn and do it myself. And that's a skill that everybody needs to have, man. You have to be multifaceted now. Yeah, definitely. I, actually, that's what I hate the most when people say, like, you can't do all the X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I'm doing Like, I got to do everything. Well, yeah, like- I learned it early. <laughs> My dad couldn't walk, man. My dad couldn't walk, right? So, you know, he's wheelchair bound. But did that stop him from going up and down the stairs? Said, no. Did he have one of those fancy little, you know, I don't even know what to call them right now, but um, slipping my mind. So, uh, like, you know, when, when they have it, it's attached to the railing, and they, yeah. when you're handicapped, when you're disabled, you they sit you in a chair and it brings you up and down the chair, brings you up and down the stairs. Yeah. He, he didn't have that. So what did he do? He slid down the stairs himself, and he pretty much, you know, lifted himself up one step at a time, using both his arms, and he made no excuses. You know, and it's just like something as simple as that where, you know, you might overlook or you might not even value because you're not in that situation. That taught me a lot as a kid, man. That means that nothing can stop you. There's nothing in the way but yourself. Right. Because he could have just sat at the top of the stairs and called for someone to help him down the stairs each and every day. But he didn't do that. I never saw him do that. You know, even getting off to the floor onto the bed. You know, something simple as that. He would pick himself up and get in the bed. So it's just like, you know, I'm able-bodied. There's nothing wrong with me. My mind is good. <laughs> My body's good. So there shouldn't be anything that's standing in front of me that's going to stop me. It's either I'm going to go around it or I'm going to knock it down or I'm going to jump over it, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, to me, it doesn't exist. It's, the barrier does, it doesn't exist to me. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Are right, you ready for some fun questions? They're going to go from average to savage. All right, let's go. Savage at its finest. All right, what are, your, what are your favorite kicks to play in? To play in? Dang, man, I have a rot- I just, I don't have a rotation. I just wear whatever that day. So right now I'm wearing some Kobe's. But then next right. week you, I might wear some Kyrie's. But I like whatever's light. 
right? Yeah. Whatever's light on my foot and allows me to move, um, I'm cool with it. But it definitely has a look dope, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and right now, as long as it's Nike, it's dope to me. Yeah, do you get any custom ones done? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I got some custom yeah. ones done. Uh-huh. My Kobe right now are custom. And then I got a couple more customs on the way. Gotcha. Are you superstitious? If you score like 20, you got to wear them again? Nah, I'm not. <laughs> to me, skill is skill. If I could nah. do it once, I could do it twice. Gotcha. All right, what about, what three jerseys do you want that you don't own in any sport? Oh, I want a Ronaldo jersey. Okay. All right, but I want his Real Madrid jersey because that's where I first, like, saw him All right. play. And so I want that. I want that autographed. I may never wear it, but I just want to autograph. I want that. Um. Ooh, what's another jersey that I want? I want a Clyde the Glide Drexler jersey. All right. Uh, yeah, I take that. The Blazers. I take the Blazers, and I want a um, I want an Iceman George Gervin jersey from the Spurs. All right, I like all three of those. Yeah, I know. I'll just throw <laughs> it back a little bit for you. And last one, if you had to pick one, what would you pick? Music or basketball? Man, you bugging. <laughs> Look, I'm 32 years old. I haven't picked one yet. What makes you think I'm about to pick one now? Because <laughs> it's a savage question. <laughs> All right, yeah, so, man. So you're not going to pick one? No, I'm not. I got, see, that's, that, that's the problem. They've always tried to make me pick one. Now, if I would have picked one, what example would I have been for those who, you know what I'm saying, who, who yeah. want to do two things? You know what I'm saying? Like, Deion Sanders didn't pick one sport. Bo Jackson, none of them. They were successful at doing both. So here I go. Here's my shot. Fair enough. I'll take it. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And could you let the people know where they can find you on social media? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, thank you for having me here. You can find me, Essence Carson, on Twitter and Instagram at Preppy. So that's my music moniker, my producer moniker. And you can spell that P R 3 P E. So again, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at P R 3 or you could just be basic and search Essence Carson and it'll come up. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on and good luck this season. Thank you.